0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with modern jazz pianist Christian Sands. This very talented cat talked about his latest 2018 CD, Facing Dragons. He grew up in New Haven, Connecticut and started playing the piano very early on and would go on to get mentored by pianist Billy Taylor. In the last few years, he has toured around the world as a band leader and recently appeared as a sideman on records by Christian McBride and the great Gregory Porter. He's always around talent, always busy, and has a very solid voice in the jazz world. So listen to some stories and dig this interview, my friends.
1: Again, Christian, thanks for taking a minute up for Neon Jazz, man. I appreciate it.
0: Of course, Anytime.
1: So let's go ahead and talk about Facing Dragons. It's just another stellar release from you. Now, there's so much power with what you do, and I want to know about this album. How do you feel about it, and what what kind of artistic forces went into this? Oh Well, uh, I mean, I feel good about it.
2: Everything that I make is always a a journey for me. It's always uh, stemming from experience, stemming from things I go through. And specifically with this album, it was kind of in a transition moment. You know, I was doing a lot of different things. I was uh, producing a lot of different stuff. You know, I was I moved to a new apartment. So a lot of the things that I was going through in my life was kind of in the middle of the transition. And usually with my records, I always like to kind of give a recap, and that's what the album is about. But this, however, I did during the transition. So Facing Dragons really was about just facing all of the questions and the uncertainties and and all the things that you don't really know and really trying to find out
1: what those answers are very cool so on your music journey you began life in new haven connecticut and start playing piano very early on talk to me about what it was like as far as the music that you got immersed with and jazz and how all that kind of started for you
2: Music was always playing in the house. My father and my mother, they played, uh, records and CDs and, and tapes of different things, of different types of music. Uh, my mom liked a lot of gospel music and country western music and, uh, classical music. She was a big fan of Mozart, especially during that time where, you know, I think it was when, I don't know who said it, but someone said if you play Mozart for your child, they'll be smarter. So my mom was like a part of that crew. <laughs> A part of the, uh, the, you know, upbringing of, let, let's play Mozart for the children. So I, I grew up listening to a lot of Mozart. And my father was a big jazz. Well, he was a big soul guy. You know, he liked a lot of uh, Motown, liked a lot of R&B, but he loved jazz. He loved Miles. Played a lot of Miles Davis and Colony's Monk in the house. But also he played a lot of smooth jazz in the house, too. He played a lot I just different stuff. Uh, Alex Fignon, Joe Sample, uh, Grover Washington was his favorite. You know, so there's a lot of different styles of music. Kind of in the house, and then my neighbor is listening to a lot of Latin music, so a lot of different styles going on.
1: So you started taking lessons at the age of four. Did you know growing up being so involved in music that this was going to be like your destiny? This was going to be your life, or did you have other dreams growing up? Well, (laughs) well, funny
2: enough, I I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian
1: when I was a kid until
2: I went to uh, a vet hospital. And I saw them, like, operating on a cat, and I changed my mind quickly. <laughs> so, wow. but, uh, I mean, I always did music. It was, it was never, it never felt like it was a dream of mine to do music because I was already doing it. You know, I was doing it since I was a baby. So, uh, I didn't realize that I could make a career, career out of it, really, until I was in high school. And I was, I had this gig every Friday. Um, in New Haven, Connecticut, and I was playing at this uh, restaurant grill with a bass player, a really great bass player, Jeff Fuller. And it wasn't until then where I realized, like, okay, this is actually a, a job job, you know. I mean, I was performing uh, before that. I mean, I've been performing since I've been seven years old, but it was always just, you know, I always thought it just went with what I did. And it wasn't until yeah. high school when I realized that this is actually something that I can really live and do and be this musician.
1: You know, I'm obviously from Kansas City. I've been here my whole life, and I hear about all the the swaths of, can- of of different jazz cities. And New Haven always has a very special niche in the jazz world. Paint a picture for me, as someone that hasn't been there, so I understand why why it has such a vibrant jazz backbone to it.
2: Well, New Haven was uh, such an interesting place because it was right in between Boston and New York. So when all the cats were kind of going up north and going towards Boston. A lot of the time, they would stop in New Haven or stop in Hartford and perform there. You know, uh, there used to be these clubs. The Owl Shop, I think, is still around. Cafe Nine was around. You know, there was all these uh, old clubs in New Haven. And also, the uh, New Haven Jazz, festival was going on as well so during the summertime there's a lot of different things arts and ideas Festival that still goes on today there's a lot of different musical and artistic things that were going on yale was there so there was a lot of uh the orchestra was there you know so there's a lot of music happening and growing up i got to uh perform and hear a lot of that different stuff a lot of uh really unique stuff too like there was a, a new haven brass band that used to come around the trombone choir they used to play outside uh downtown New Haven and you'd hear them just playing all these church hymns and, I mean, the chorale, and they were beautiful and extra soulful, you know. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and just growing up, there's a lot of musicians, especially there was a lot of musicians that used to play in New York in the 60s and 70s that had retired and moved to New Haven. So a lot of my teachers and a lot of people I started playing with early on were those musicians uh like Jeffy Hameen. Who used to play with Lou Donaldson or Jeff Fuller who, you know, used to play with Mario Balzac. Like, there's all these different types of musicians. Uh, Matt Reeves was in, uh, Hartford with the Jack McLean Institute. So, you know, all those guys were kind of around. And so I grew up, uh, playing with those guys and also some peers like the Curtis brothers, Luke Hayes and Zakai Curtis or, uh, Godwin Louie who grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. You know, there's a whole bunch of, whole bunch of musicians that were kind of around growing up. You know, I always
1: muse about the older guard jazz legends as being kind of a part of the Jazz Jedi Council in Cloud City, like Lou Donaldson and Jimmy Heath and all these guys. And I would put Billy Taylor up there. You know, that had to be an enormous learning experience to be mentored by Billy Taylor. What was that like?
2: It was amazing because it was literally being with a walking history book. You know, uh, he was there when the development of jazz piano was being created you know, uh, studying and being around uh, the likes of Art Tatum and James B. Johnson and Willie Goliath Smith and Duke Ellington, you know, and then developing his own sound and hearing Errol Garner, hearing, you know, Tommy Flanagan, hearing all these, and playing and hanging out with these people, hearing Thelonious Monk, and and the first time you he heard Thelonious Monk, and they were, you know, were sitting in a room and, and Monk was playing like Tatum. You know, I heard and I learned so many different things from him just about the piano stuff and just the way he played and just how he uh listened to music, too. And he was so open. He was so open to different styles of music. You know, we would sit down and talk about a tribe called Quest together, and he loved what they were doing or the roots, you know, and uh, and uh he knew everything about them. He knew the changes. Like, we would just sit down and, you know, talk about OutKast because that was one of my favorite groups. And, I, you know, I would ask him, so what do you think of this and what's going on here? And we would analyze it together. You know, so his his mind was just so amazing, and and also just the the sweetest person in the world. I mean, he was just absolutely warm and a, a beautiful person, beautiful soul.
1: You know, the one thing that you can that's very evident about you is like with Billy Taylor. You know, when you go into something, it's major stuff. And after you get out of school, you you join Inside Straight, one of Christian McBride's band. That had to again be a mind bender for you as a as a growing jazz artist. Totally.
2: I mean, uh, when he first asked me to play in the in the band, I was still in college. I was I was still in college. It was my my junior year, I think, my junior or senior year in college. He, he sent me the music, and I was like, okay, well, why did he ask me to play this? Because I mean, you know, got Eric Reed that's out here. I mean, Chris McBride knows every pianist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Brad Mel. He can call Brad Meldow. He can call anybody. So okay, he called me for something. So let's explore and let's let's figure out. You know what it is that he called me for. You know, and it was uh, a great experience because it really got me to explore myself and, and discipline myself in a certain style and and learn different music and learn kind of where he was coming from. But also just how do you, you know, put set lists together? How do you direct a band? How do you rehearse a band? I mean, we never rehearsed, but, you know, just in case we did, I I learned how to do that from him. You know, I learned, you know, when we're playing a tune, how do you just, you know, get right into the tune? There's no searching around. There's just, okay, let's play the tune in and out. We got five minutes. Let's do it. You know, how do we perform and create this really, really impactful and, and great show? So uh joining him in the beginning, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of just me watching him work and watching him kind of do his thing and watching him talk to audiences and really uh create this great environment for music and for people.
1: You know, the one thing about jazz that's very evident for anybody, whether you're a listener or you're a musician, is you're always a student of history. History is very, very steep and deep in the world of jazz. Mm-hmm. so, I want to look in the history of you as a jazz musician. What kind of changes have you seen in the world of jazz since you entered and where you are today what kind of what kinds of things jump out to you
2: There's a lot of uh rhythm is a is a big part you know there's a lot of different rhythms, and I think that's just strictly because the world is connected i mean jazz is a representation of the human spirit. And I can't even say the American lifestyle because now it's so broad. You know, everyone's playing their version of it. Now. For people listening, for people uh, trying to understand what it is or, or where it's come from, from my experience, it's just it's changed a lot with the rhythm. It's changed a lot with harmony. You know, we're borrowing different things from different places now, from different regions, from different countries, from different religions now. There was a time where everything kind of had these Indian ragas in it you know in tablas and that was a new thing and then now there's this uh development of uh or almost not even a development but a uh reintroduction of the 70s movement of funk and soul music you know uh with the fender Rhodes and these snare drums and you know uh percussion instruments playing along with the rest of the group you know it's a Almost like fusion. I mean, it really is a another stepping stone in that direction. You know, so music is always it's always in a circle and it's always going around and around. So right now, I think we're we're coming into that. Well, we're in the middle of that '70s era again, and we're yeah. kind of going backwards,
1: which is great. So let me ask you this: If you have a dream tonight and you run into your 17, 18 year old self in your dream, and you have to give that version of your self-advice. What are you going to tell them?
2: Save your money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) No,
2: you know, I I think uh, if if I ever, if that was a a thing, you know, I just tell myself, you know, to keep keep doing what you're doing, you know, be more disciplined, but keep doing what you're doing, you know, because I think uh, the development of the people I was playing with when I was 18, there was such a wide range of people and I did it in a way of being honest, you know. I want to learn everything there was to learn about playing Latin music or Brazilian music or fusion music or progressive rock music. You know, I completely immersed myself in all of that. So
1: I would just tell myself to keep doing that. So <laughs> let me ask you this. At this point in your life, you're, you're always moving in a forward direction, always very busy. Are you happy with your career where it's at right now? Yeah,
2: yeah, I am. I mean, uh, you know, I think it can be, be further along, you know, but that's just me being critical. But um, you know, I'm I'm very happy of where it's going and I'm just looking forward to seeing uh what else happens after this.
1: You know, the one thing that is a huge teacher for us are the live shows that we get to catch. And more specifically I wanna ask you in the world of jazz, what shows early on or even in your life have you seen that really moved you that Maybe you didn't expect it would or you were hoping it would, but it really was big.
2: Well I'll say this I'll say it like this. The biggest influence for me in music and in just life has just been the church. You know, it has been the the gospel church. And that's something that I kind of went away from I mean religiously and also musically just because I was just discovering and, and finding different things. You know. But you always find your way back home as they say. So uh Coming back into that now as an adult, it has a different meaning, it has a different sound to it, It has a different feeling to it. So I think that's something that has been a big part of my uh creative process but also just my um my performance process. You know, I wanna make sure that people feel like they're being lifted up and, and lifted in a way where they can't otherwise. You know, you come see me if you want to feel better. You come see me if you want to realize different things.
1: You know, and that's what that's all about. So, so let's say a jazz DeLorean pulls up in front of your house. You can punch in the digits. You can go wherever you can, wherever you want in time. What musician are you going to go see? Where are you going to go? What year?
2: Oh, man. Uh You know, I'm going to do 1932, and I'm just going to go to New York. That's it. Cool you know, because every musician that was around during that time was really interesting. So I'm going to do that. Right on. Why do you love jazz? It's expressive. You know, it allows me to to express myself. And it's also just, it is the story of the human expression. You know, it is the story of people, you know. And I think a lot of people don't concentrate on that part. I think a lot of people just concentrate on the tunes or the composers. But it really tells the story of what was going on in America, And then also what's going on in the rest of the world, you know? And so that's part of the reason why I love it so much is because uh, it tells a a beautiful story.
1: My final question for you is this. Everyone has a perception of who you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but you know yourself best. Tell me, who do you think you are? I'm just a regular guy. (laughs) I'm just a regular guy who's telling stories. That's it. I like it, man. I like it. That's perfect to the point, Christian. Thank you for taking some time out. Most certainly, thank you for all the music you give the world. I appreciate it. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Connecticut, New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Christian for his time, his stories, and his music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.